You're listening to the EBITDA Growth Systems Making Business Profitable podcast with profitability experts Dave Kapkowitz and Mike Watkins. Coming at you from 5,675 feet in lovely Golden, Colorado. My name is Dave Kapkowitz and I'm here with Michael Watkins living our mission statement to impact lives through improving business performance. We accomplish this by coaching, speaking, and educating so you can live your best life. Good day, Dave. Good day, Michael. It's a beautiful day in Colorado, man. It is. It is a beautiful day in Colorado, brother. Boy, I'll tell you. It's just special to be here in the spring. Summers are not bad. Winters suck, but man, (laughs) spring is amazing. I love winter where I'm at. It's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, you only have two seasons. You have summer <laughs> and winter. I have fall. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. But Colorado has a good spring and a fall, man. It does, it does. So what's up? Man, am I excited. You know, we got to spend all day with Mr. Tony Gunn from yeah, TDCNC. That, that has been special. We're, uh, we're filming a video series. I uh, can't get into it too much more than that, but... We are partnering with some fantastic companies like Paperless, and ProShop, and Datanomics, and PEG, and uh, a lot of people are getting behind this, and it's gonna it's gonna be really special. So today was we wrapped up filming day one, and it it I'm super excited. Yeah, me too, man. I uh, it, it exceeded my expectations today. Mm-hmm. Just just a lot of fun. I think when you have a lot of fun. That's a that's a vibe that people can pick up on, and it's good stuff. Me and you, having fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's, we're in Colorado, <laughs> so we can. What's that mean? I don't well, understand you know, you, you, know, you can augment your reality oh, if you need right. to. So, well, 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 so uh, what are we talking about today, Mike? <laughs> <coughs> on episode t- one hundred and ten. So. That's amazing, right? I mean, How about that, huh? That, that is amazing. But I wanted to talk about gross margin because uh, it's such a simple concept. And I think um, it's been drilled into the heads of our clients, you know, how important gross margin is. But it ceases, it never ceases to amaze me how foreign of a concept it is to people who aren't clients of ours. Yeah, I think uh, people don't understand above the line and below the line and what goes where. And you need to understand that to understand what gross margin really is as a percentage and how it speaks to you. So in the accounting version, if you're just an accountant or a CPA, what is gro- what's the definition of gross margin? It's just revenue minus cost of goods sold on your income statement or sometimes it's called the profit and loss statement is gross margin. It's, it's a dollar amount. Mm-hmm. And then you take that dollar amount and make it a fraction or, or a percentage of revenue. Mm-hmm. You divide it by the revenue rate. And that's you get right. That's percentage. right. Mm-hmm. And you get a percentage. And that percentage is significant because as you benchmark yourself against other companies in your industry, whatever your industry mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. you should be hitting gross margin percentages that are as good as or better than your competitors. You're 100% right. So we deal with, I'd say most of all our businesses and machine shops. Um, so let's talk a little bit 
about that. What's what's our definition of gross margin? So our definition of gross margin, I'd say, is uh, gross margin is why you're in business, why you're in business. Because why you are in business. Why you're in business. Because if you aren't generating enough gross margin, then you don't stand a chance of having profit. That's right. And uh, And so... You know, we don't want to get technical from a pricing standpoint, but we're going to get technical from a pricing standpoint. Mm-hmm. If you don't understand all your costs, you can't uh, you can't get to the gross margin percentages you're looking for because you probably haven't built that cost into your pricing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so your pricing is going to yield a gross margin it's probably just barely enough to cover your operating expenses, that's your right. below-the-line expenses. And that's why so many of these companies are experiencing single-digit, if they're lucky, single-digit operating profits. So I'm going to I'm gonna take a brief stab at it. Since you are a uh, financial guru, you can correct me if I'm off. Right. But everything above the line are costs associated with making a part. Mm-hmm. Everything below the line is if you turn shut the doors, but you stayed in business, but you shut the doors and sent everybody home, those are all the bills you would still have to pay. That's correct. So that's just a layman's terms. When you look at, if you're in QuickBooks, you look at your P&L statement. Above the line is everything associated, every cost associated with actually making a finished part and getting it out the door. Everything below the line is if you shut your doors in business, send everybody home, those are all the bills you'd still have to pay, like rent, insurance, whatever taxes you would still have to pay those, right? Yes. And so what we see is that people price to worst case break even. Okay, worst case, this is break even. But what they don't understand is break even isn't gross margin. That's net profit. Break even is net profit. That's right. It's at the bottom. It's at the bottom. So if you if you quote to break even at gross margin, then it's a loss. you've got all this operating profit that's not mm-hmm. covered. Between ten and thirty percent yes. loss right yes. off the top. It is it is amazing. So you <laughs> you hear them talk about, man, I'm gonna have twenty percent margin on this. What they really mean is twenty percent gross margin, which mm-hmm. gets eroded immediately by the operating expense. Why don't I have any money? Yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, so So it's let me tell you, being in and around this business my whole career, the key to making money is understanding gross margin and understanding your income statement. If you don't understand what gross margin is and what that percentage, first off, what kind of volume you need, volume of gross margin to cover your operating expenses, you have to understand how much volume, and then you have to understand what percentage that needs to be of that volume to get, to get your nut. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know that, if you don't intimately know that, you will not make significant money in this industry, and you should. If you're in a machine shop, you should be printing money. Yes. So tell me, what what is in cost of goods sold then? So first off, labor. But if you're paying someone 30 bucks an hour, it is not 30 bucks an hour. It's probably closer to like 43 to 46 bucks an hour. It's fully burdened. It has a taxes, has Social Security, has, has all your benefits, all the things that cost you with that employee. It could be 401k, all that stuff lumped up. So you have to have fully burdened labor. Of course, your material. Yeah, okay. that labor could be 1.4 times 1. their base 4. rate. Yep, mm-hmm. we, we typically go, we take their base rate, and we start at like 1.35 to 1.5. 
Yep. So, so it depends on where you are, depends on how generous you are in your benefits, whatever. That's, that's kind of where that winds up. Materials. Let's talk a little bit about materials. A lot of people don't want to, they put, hey, I made a part, it's 10 inches long, I'm billing for 10 inches of material. You have saw lengths on either side of that material. Then you have a finish. Say you, you skim the outsides to make it the true cost, true size, I mean. So if it's 10 inches, it's probably 10 and a half inches. Not to mention, if you get 12 pieces out of a bar, what about the two pieces you scrapped? Yeah. How, what is your scrap rate last month, okay? So you take your scrap rate, your average scrap rate, and you focus it and you put that into your material cost. So you're paying for your setup piece. So your material isn't just, okay, this part's 10 inches long, I'm going to build 10 inches of material. It is the true cost of material. It could be 15 inches of material. Absolutely. Know? But you have to capture your cost. If you have to pay your material bill in 15 days, but you collect your money in 60 or 90 days. It's costing you money. Then it, it costs you money. How much does that cost you? What's your carrying cost that cash, right? So make sure you bill your material appropriately. Well, so Dave, such a great point. People just pass on material cost and... Uh, you know, you have to put at least 10% on material costs. At just least 10, carry. sometimes up to 50. Yeah, because you have people handling that material and everything, right? Depends on the economic environment. If you bid, if you call your steel company and get a price on aluminum today, and a month later you get a price on material because it takes a month to get you your purchase order, and your material might go up 35 40% in cost just because that's just what happened in the market. Yeah. So sometimes you have to put... Um, exclusions on your quote saying, hey, this is a cost of material on this date. Material prices may vary. You have to be careful because you might have to eat that extra 20%, right? So, yeah, absolutely. I I see material marked up anywhere from 10% to 50%, depending on the validity or not the validity, the volatility of the material. The supply chains, yeah. You also have your machine rate. So you have a machine. It's aging. And... Typically, machines every five to seven years, you replace them or you plan on replacing them. Sometimes machines, you get a winner and it lasts a long time, but you need to start putting money away. Every time you run a job, you should have money towards the expiration of that machine, right? That's that's something. And, and you're obviously paying power for that machine. You ought to figure out how much power that machine takes and what that costs it. You know, and Dave, you know, this is one that we see missed all the time, and it becomes... Um, the case study is uh, if you have a machine shop and you have 15 machines and two guys running them, you know you know it's costing you more than just two guys. That's right. right? You have a utilization problem. Yeah, yeah. Datanomics so, tell you all about that, won't they? Yeah, you got to you got to pick up the robot. You got to pick up the machine. That's gotta, right. I mean, you got to pick up all that. It, it's it, and one of the biggest bills you get every month in a machine shop is you, yours, your utility, your electric bill. I mean. This is the electric draw on an air compressor is huge. It's huge. And you cannot run a machine shop without air. Right, right. So j- people, <laughs> you just need to dive into that and see what it costs you. Yeah, yeah. Actually, if you're looking for a new air compressor, they'll come out and they'll do an energy study of what you pay for your air and what they can save you. And oftentimes, they'll pay for the compressor with the new technology. This is uh, the power company or the... The companies the, that sell air compressors. Oh, is that right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, you also have your direct overhead, right? Yep. So I call it IDL, indirect labor. So if you have a supervisor that runs a machine 50% of the time, the other 50% of the time he's just working on the schedule, making sure everybody has jobs, right? 50% of his time isn't on the clock against jobs. That's indirect labor. 
you're paying for it is directly associated with getting work out of the shop, but it's indirect. It isn't clocked to a job. That's right. That is it's indirect labor, and, and that's uh, direct overhead, right? You also have different consumables, shop rags, right? Just the things that you pay for. It could be uniforms. If you pay for uniforms for your people. And coolant for the machines and right. so forth. coolant. Yeah. A, a lot of that, any any repairs and maintenance that go into a, into a machine, you should know on a year-over-year basis about how much you pay in repair and maintenance, and you should amortize that over and budget it month over month so you know what your cost should be so you can roll it into a cost per hour sure, sure. on your equipment because equipment it it breaks it wears that's just that's just our life right so you have to you have to plan on it if you get ahead of murphy murphy won't get ahead of you murphy's law right sure sure murphy, murphy lives in machine shops and, and what a beautiful thing if you're charging for your machines mm-hmm. at some fair rate fair, you need to be fair yes and as you get paid you Put some of that into a reserve. That's right. And so when the rainy day comes, you just turn to the reserve. You know, you're not sweating it, right? Because you, you've had the foresight to say, okay, I'm going to. If you have 10 machines working eight hours a day, that's 80 hours of billing. And call it five bucks an hour. Yeah. That's $400 a day. That's $2,000 a week you're putting into a rainy day fund. Totally. Now, that's $100,000 a year you're putting into that rainy day fund. And then you get to a point where you buy a piece of machinery and Look at that. You don't have to go get a loan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah, that's the way it's supposed to be. So, okay. Now you have outside processing. You know, you have coating, you have heat treat, you have uh, special, maybe it's welding, maybe it's assembly. All the outside things you have to send out of your business. Um, Passivation, you know, all those things that you send out. Maybe it's to get, uh, maybe you have to get it pressure tested. Who knows, right? Sure. All those costs you gotta you gotta take in consideration. And another one that gets missed a lot is tooling and fixturing. We get to labor, we get to materials, and well, oftentimes you miss putting anything in for machines and, and direct overhead. Yeah, you sure? I mean, you it's not very often we see people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the people usually put materials outside processing, labor, and call it good. Mm-hmm. But you have end mills. Maybe it costs you. Sometimes six, seven hundred thousand dollars a job in end mills you have to buy, and they aren't regrinds. They're new end mills and new sizes that you got to put in there, and 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 that's a direct expense for that specific job. Sure, sure. Sometimes people, the buyers, won't like you rolling that into a piece price, but they'll do an NRE charge, non-recurring engineering charge. Say, hey, I'm buying tooling for this job. It's twelve hundred bucks. It's twelve hundred dollars NRE, and it's a twenty-five dollar part. Sure, and for you, them, for them, it's a different. Color of money, too. Color of money. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So NRE goes into more prototyping, more of that kind of engineering cost versus natural production cost. So they don't, that cost becomes a little invisible sometimes to these buyers. So ask them to break it out and put it in an NRE. But that's a game you play. You might, you might pop that up an extra $100, $200 because you know, hey, this is Invar material and it's really, it's uh, abrasive. I'm going to go through a lot of tooling and, I'm not really sure. I'm guessing, so I'm going to pump that up a little bit to cover my cost. Mm-hmm. And and but you gotta you gotta take care of that. And fixtures, if you're cutting jaws, or if you're buying a new chuck or a new fixture, you got to roll that into the job. Absolutely, Dave. I think I think that's a pretty comprehensive list of things that that would make up cost of goods sold mm-hmm. all the time. It's not sometimes. I mean, this is month to month. You should be. Uh, collecting um, 
the these costs in your, in your pricing. That's right. And then have them reflected in cost of goods sold on your income statement. And the thing is, Dave, if you miss one or two of these, what? Well, it's dollars that they don't go to the bottom line. They come right out of yeah. your pocket. Yeah. You right miss one or you, two of them, you and you, the probably mi- you probably just, you, you've done away with all your profit. So we like to see shops, we advise shops to be between 50 and 55% gross margin when it's set up properly. That's mm-hmm. what we advise. And if you miss 10%, that's 45%. And 10% up top means 10% down below. So if you're operating on 2 3% net profit, that's why you're losing it's a money. good chance you're missing 10 15% up top because you should be over 20% net profit. That's just what you should be at. You should always be a double-digit net profit, operating profit. And, and you should always be higher than 50% or higher in gross margin. Yes. And, Dave, if ever that was the truth... It's the truth now, right? That's right. That's right. So, well, good deal. I think that uh, I think uh, our definition of gross margin, which is the right wh- definition, the right definition, the right, de- yeah, the right <laughs> definition. I mean, this is why we're in business, so that we can generate the gross margin we need mm-hmm. to create operating profit, and that's what we take to King Supers and to Giant or wherever you shop for groceries. Mike, dare I say, if you're in business. And you're not taking care of your family well, and you don't have extra money, and you don't feel like you're profitable, but you're putting all kinds of effort into it, start at gross margin because it's probably where you're losing it because you're not charging for it. And that's the right thing to do for your business. It's the right thing to do for your family, the right thing to do for you. Right on, Dave. Right on, Mike. If you enjoyed this podcast and you're in manufacturing and you want to learn more about what we do, Go to our contact tab at ebitagrowthsystems.com, E-B-I-T-D-A, growthsystems.com, and I'll be reaching out to you personally to see what we can do for you. You've been listening to the EBITDA Growth Systems Podcast, Making Business Profitable. 